This episode of Stories of an Extraordinary Industry is brought to you by Dens Deck Roofboards. To learn more, go to densdeck.com slash stop callbacks. Welcome to Stories of an Extraordinary Industry podcast, a production of the National Roofing Contractors Association. I am your host for this episode, Crystal Ribble. As always, our goal is you would be proud of the great things being done by the roofing industry, and you might learn something along the way. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you like what you hear, give the podcast a thumbs up and a rating in whatever platform you are listening. Advocating for your industry can be a daunting task. Many associates within individual roofing companies feel inadequate at lobbying members of Congress. Trying to influence legislative work towards helping the roofing industry can seem well out of your job description. These government officials making legislative decisions affect your everyday work environment, which we know can feel taxing, literally but it can also feel insurmountable in your ability to affect positive change. The story we will talk about today will show you just how large your voice is. Your story, your work, your daily life matters, and there are U.S. congressional members who are waiting to meet you. The National Roofing Contractors Association has paved a way forward for contractors, manufacturers, and laborers to come and voice their concerns and opinions to the congressional members who have the most power in helping their companies. You name the role you play within your company or industry, and there is a seat for you at the table. If you had a plane ticket to Washington, would you go? If your congressional member had a spot on their calendar with your name on it, would you take the meeting? Our hope is that after you listen to this podcast, your answers are a resounding yes. Our first guest today is the man orchestrating all of the Washington, D.C. initiatives behind the scenes that the roofing industry tackles on a daily basis. Hi, I'm Dwayne Musser, and I'm NRCA's Vice President of Government Relations. I work in NRCA's Washington, D.C. office here on Capitol Hill and oversee all the government relations activities of NRCA, working with members of Congress, federal agencies on legislation and regulation. You know that old saying for when you need some work done and someone says, I've got a guy. Well, I'm not sure if you knew it, but we roofers have got a guy in D.C. working for us. And honestly, not just one guy, a whole team. And this team of people began with a small advocacy event that turned into a much larger roofing day event in the spring of 2018. Roofing Day in D.C. began officially in 2018 when Reed Ribble, NRCA's new CEO, came in in 2017. He wanted to take our government relations activities to the next level. We had previously done a advocacy event or fly-in, sometimes we call it, for our board of directors, which was about 50 or 60 people a year. But that wasn't a really robust uh, effort to get people back here from the roofing industry in Washington, D.C. So Reed called me one day and said, Dwayne, we really need to take our advocacy event and make it bigger and better than ever. 
And uh, we're going to do that and we're going to do it in 2018. And this was sometime in mid 2017. And so that was basically Reed's idea to do this and to do it uh, promptly and get it started as a industry-wide advocacy event uh, to make a much larger impression of, of the roofing industry and our policy priorities with members of Congress on Capitol Hill. While this idea was fantastic, Reed was not giving Duane much time to pull this together. Did Duane think this was a crazy idea? My thoughts were, this is a great opportunity, but it's very, very ambitious in terms of the time frame because we already did have our existing advocacy event, our smaller fly-in was already scheduled for that October. Ambitious it may have been, but their bet on opening this event up to a larger audience paid off. Where there is no ceiling present, the possibilities are endless. And that was the path NRCA wanted to take in making a large impact on Capitol Hill with none other than a bunch of roofers. The goal was to make it much bigger, to have a bigger impact. And so we were going from having 50 or 60 people in town to what eventually turned out to be uh, over 400 in our first year. And that is a fairly large advocacy event by industry standards. Even there are even some associations that are larger than ours that, that still have smaller events. It was very ambitious in terms of the time frame and the scale of the event that uh, we were putting together. The more you have in terms of numbers, it does make a difference. And so going from having 50 or 60 of our leaders in town and up on Capitol Hill to having over 400 makes a difference. Members of Congress and congressional staff see more people in the halls, even outside of the actual meetings that we have, and they see that the roofers are in town. This event was morphing from something just NRCA board members could participate in to inviting the industry as a whole to come and share their experiences and desires with our government. This is really the preeminent roofing industry advocacy event uh, that we have now. And we do believe it is very special because it is enabling us to move the ball forward in terms of being more influential in Washington, D.C. And, and it is industry-wide, I want to emphasize. We don't require that people be NRCA members to attend. It is, I mean, we certainly encourage people to join NRCA, but we don't make that a requirement because we want people to come back, see what NRCA is doing. And we encourage contractors, manufacturers, distributors, and all other industry participants to participate. And in fact, we've urged members to bring not just professional management staff, but also field workers, because members of Congress want to see both management and uh, roofing installers. And some of our members have done that, and they've had very, very good experiences where and I can remember Charles Antis from Antis Roofing in uh, Southern California has brought several of his employees back. And he has told us how it is just really been very special for his employees that they get to come back here, meet with their members of Congress and tell their story and, and tell our industry story. Since Duane mentioned Charles, we thought it would be wonderful to hear from the man himself about his experiences with Roofing Day and the impact he has seen firsthand with his employees who have participated. 
My name is Charles Antis, and I'm the founder and CEO here at Antis Roofing in Irvine, California. And we're right in the middle of Orange County next to the Orange County Airport, and we service the HOA community. I call myself the chief executive officer, but really I'm the chief people awakener. I'm, I'm that chief, you know, and, and what's that deeper meaning of the word chief? It's really to pause and tell the story that matters to your people so you can move forward, your whole family. I love to play with titles, but I'm still the founder and CEO. Charles is a man of many talents and many passions, but one aspect of his personality that shines incredibly bright is his ability to lift up his associates and help their stories be heard. Roofing Day was going to give Charles the perfect platform to showcase the amazing talent Antis Roofing has. What I realized with the leaders that we've had in the roofing industry, Bill Good and Reed Ribble, when he came in after, what I learned is, oh my gosh, there are really people that realize our power to be heard and how to move things, being the providers of shelter and providing it in a big way. And so when Reed came in with this idea that we could go to Washington together, it was right on the same storyline of doing more together. And I knew there was no question, but I had to show up. And then Reed said something else that really hit home because I felt like I've always tried to reach my employees. I wanted to reach all of my employees, but like most of my employees were born or first generation from another country. And sometimes the language or the stories or even the stuff that I do doesn't have the meaning that I want it to. And I, and I wanted to reach them and be heard and have them, their voices lifted. At the same time, Reed says, hey, don't just come and bring yourself and bring your daughter or bring your VP, bring those who do the work. And those who do the work here in my market in Southern California are those that were born south of our border, Latin American employees. And I thought, wow, I really need to bring them. And that was my focus. I need to do that. And so that first year when I heard that, I knew it was important that I show up, but it was probably even more important that I bring the people that we honor that do the work. And, and so that's the story I brought to my, my team. And I, I actually remember going to Jesus, who's one of my field supervisors and just a great man with this deep gravelly accent, you know, and I said, hey, Seuss, will you go to Washington with me? And I know he didn't want to go. And he said, do you mind if I think about it? Because he, he wants to, to honor what's good for the company. I told him why it was important and why he needs to be there. And it just so happened I had a little bit of luck on my side because his daughter, his oldest daughter, was studying political science at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. And she says, Dad, you have to go. Jesus, with his deep voice and booming presence, was going to change how congressional members looked at the roofers who came to be a part of this event. Charles remembers having Jesus in the room with him when they met with the congressional member who represented the district where Antis Roofing is. And he remembers how suddenly they felt more seen than just having another CEO meeting with a congressman. Having a field worker would make all the difference. This is a different feeling. There's a different feeling tone to him saying that he's in Washington than me, who's been going to Washington for years, lobbying for things like Habitat for Humanity. Suddenly we were heard. What did this voice sound like? I am glad you asked, and I will be happy to introduce you. But first, let's hear from our sponsor. This episode of the NRCA podcast is brought to you by Dens Deck Roof Boards. Are your clients thinking about what their roof will look like in the future? Building owners need your expertise when it comes to extending the life of their commercial roof. 
That's when you tell them about Dens Deck roof boards with three solutions to fit various design intent. Our original gypsum cover board protects against foot traffic, weather events, and fire. It also has the strength needed to support future roof installs like solar panels and HVAC. Use Densdeck Prime roof board to enhance your roof's moisture resistance. Finally, protect your roof from extreme wind uplift and hail damage with Densdeck StormX Prime roof board. They're FM classified for very severe hail in approved single ply membrane assemblies. So help your clients choose a resilient roofing system and make sure Densdeck roof boards don't get value engineered out of your next job. You'll strengthen your rooftops and your customer relationships. Visit densdeck.com slash stop callbacks for more information. If you are just joining us, we have been talking about the impact that NRCA's Roofing Day has had on the industry, but also on individual people within our profession. As promised, I want to introduce you to the voice Charles Antis said got everyone's attention in the congressional meetings he attended while in Washington, D.C. Please meet Jesus. Hi, uh, my name is Jesus. I'm from Antis Roofing. I'm one of the supervisors. I've been working for the company for 13 years. How did Jesus feel about Charles asking him to take this trip to Washington? Well, I was very surprised, you know, because I never thought to be in Washington, D.C., especially at those big buildings, you know, with the congressional people, you know. Jesus's story and the impact his life is having all the way from the top of the roofs in Southern California was about to resonate through the halls of Congress. After one meeting together, Charles and Jesus would be split up to meet with different congressional members. Then the next office we were going to go to was Lou Correa's office. I know Lou. I knew him. He was the first person I ever met when he was a senator, when I met him in Sacramento for Habitat for Humanity. And I, and I thought, well, I'm going to go to that. And they said, no, Charles, you're not. That, you're going to this meeting with 30 more people. Jesus is going alone to Lou Correa's district because he lives in his district. And Jesus and I were both not happy about that. Jesus wanted me there because he knew I wanted to go. And Jesus was nervous, but he went because he remembered what his daughter said. And he went to that meeting and I went off to my meeting and I didn't know what happened. And I saw Jesus after and he was beaming, you know, and he was proud and he had a hard time talking. And he said it was really something because I went there and I showed up alone and Lou came into the office and he listened to me. He heard my story and he heard what it was like to be me and my family and my children living in the district where we live. And that was a really profound moment. I met Lou Correa. He's not supposed to be there, but because he knows that somebody from his district will be there. So he showed up that day, and that was a nice experience to be there. The more profound moment happened to me two weeks later when I was at a United to End Homelessness event where I serve on the board here in Orange County, and I saw Lou Correa, and I was so excited to go tell him of the impact that he had on our employee, Jesus Hermano. But as I saw him, I said, hey, Lou, I grabbed his hand. I said, you have no idea the impact you had on my man. And he grabbed my hand back and he said, Charles, you have no idea the impact Jesus had on me. He goes, I wasn't going to go back to Washington. I'd spent 48 hours in my office. I went to my hotel room, but I saw that there was a man living in my district, not an American citizen, a legal resident 
who came to Washington to see me and I went to see him and I'll always remember how I felt. And what's awesome is I just ran into Lou uh, two months ago at another homelessness event. And, and he remembered that same story as if it happened yesterday. And I can't tell you how that's not my experience in Washington of being heard. Jesus would have an impact on Congressman Lou Correa, and Lou would forever hold Jesus' life and dreams in his mind as he made decisions to serve his district and to serve them well. Jesus' presence on that trip mattered. There was no question that once Jesus was on that plane, he was attending the meetings. But even more impactful than Jesus attending the meeting was that the congressional members hosting the meetings were actually listening. And the story keeps getting better because the next year we went back to Washington and Jesus came with me again, along with some first generation, some of the sons of those who were immigrants that that also work in our company. And this time uh, we had a new resident in our congressional district, Katie Porter, was in office and we went to see her. Jesus was there. And I remember I started to tell what it was like to live in where Jesus lives and, and work where, where we live. And then and then I cut myself off when Katie looked at me funny and I looked at Jesus and they said, Jesus, why don't you tell her? And then he once again talked to Katie about what it's like being a laborer in Southern California, the housing market and all those things that matter. And what was really cool was two things that happened. The first thing was the next year we're in Washington again. I hadn't seen Katie, I hadn't heard from her. I didn't know if she'd remember me, but I had texted her because we were going to Washington and I'd said, Katie, can we meet sometime? We'd like to come by and talk again. I, did, I said, I don't know if you remember me. I got a text back from Katie Poor, who I just texted a couple of days before. And she said, Charles, of course I remember you. You're the man who brought Jesus with you to Washington and the guy that wears the socks for Ronald McDonald House. And it was several months later, Katie Porter came into Antis Roofing here at Antis Campus. The first time we've ever had a sitting congressional leader actually visit our campus to listen to our employees. When she talked, we have it on recording when she looks at me, but looks right past me again and tells that same story about what Charles did is he didn't bring his VPs. They may have been there, he didn't bring his children, who he brought to Washington. That's great when they come, but he brought those that are doing the work, those that are keeping the families in shelter. And I thought that was a really big moment. Jesus's impact would stretch across several trips and many congressional members. You heard it from Charles himself. The impact was so great that Katie Porter showed up at Antis Roofing to speak with their employees, and this had never happened before. Their story was being told and a member of Congress wanted to not only listen, but to meet the people behind this awesome work. As Charles mentioned, after taking Jesus on the trip, he wanted to bring some first-generation American workers as well. Their perspective would be so unique and quite timely. One such employee was a guy named Fernando. My name is Fernando Torres, and I am the estimating manager and special operations manager here at Antis Roofing and Waterproofing, located in Irvine, California. Fernando was unsure what Washington, D.C. had for him, but once he arrived, his eyes were definitely opened. The whole politics for how that went down is pretty new to me. When I saw everything unravel and we're out here lobbying for, you know, hey, immigration was one of the topics. I think the other one was like the secret act, things that really make things difficult here for us roofing contractors, right? 
that maybe other people passing laws aren't putting into consideration. That That's how I felt. Having our voice heard out there is what really was surprising to me. The whole going out there, having certain topics to talk about and just going after it in a sense. And I, I think that was very powerful. I just saw what the impact was, people, the amount of people that showed up, roofers, and I, I think it was a good experience. Fernando is a first-generation American in his family, and he began to see quickly that his agreement to participate in this event could have a larger impact beyond just himself. I need to be doing this. My, my voice needs to be heard. If not my voice, the people behind me that can't be here, right? Sending the message across and just also putting feedback or doing some kind of impact to the people, again, that, that can't be there. You know, people's voices want to be heard and some people just can't do that for certain reasons, right? And it just, it just felt heartwarming. It just felt, it felt good. Charles understood the assignment. Not only should you yourself as an owner, a boss, an employer, come and advocate on behalf of your workforce, but you should also bring the workforce themselves so that their voices can be heard and their needs be more likely met. Our congressional members need to know the faces of the people they serve, and NRCA has given us an astounding opportunity to leverage our impact to do greater things within our industry. This year, there will be many topics to advocate for and discuss, some of which include workforce shortages, immigration reform, tax policy for both small and large businesses, and even more advocacy for the Perkins grants that help propel our tech schools forward. One very successful outcome of the initial Perkins Grants advocacy efforts comes to mind when Duane thinks about the impact roofers have had in Washington. In the first year, 2018, we did have a, a great deal of success, I think, uh, working on legislation to reform and expand career and technical education programs through what we call Perkins Grants, uh, the grants that go to states for career and technical education efforts. A few months after the first roofing day in D.C. in 2018, that legislation was signed into law. It had previously been passed by the House and it was before the Senate. So we had uh, a lot of our Senate meetings really concentrated on that. And we were one of the prime backers of that legislation. And it, it passed into law about three or four months later. So that was uh, where we really saw some impact. While the Perkins grants are still a part of the agenda this coming year, there may be many other topics you are interested in and that you are more personally passionate about. Your voice matters and your opinions can greatly influence future legislation. So what would these men say to you if you are considering being a part of Roofing Day in Washington, D.C.? I think, at least in my perspective, at first it feels like you kind of don't belong there. That's how I felt as an outsider, more of a self-doubt. What am I going to do out there? But once you get out of your comfort zone, you just decide to hop on the plane and go to D.C., I think they should definitely do it. Sometimes that opportunity doesn't come again. And I think they should definitely take it if they're considering it just because they need to experience that and see what everything's about. It's, it's very powerful and seeing everybody else out there. It's also in addition to doing something for our industry. It's also seeing how our, our democracy works as, as, as citizens. And I think it's some, something that somebody should do at least once in their life, no matter what industry they're in, just to see how their government is working. 
my plea to all of those with that can hear my voice is to bring those that do the work, especially if they have another native tongue, because that's how we're heard. And that's where we make the impact. And just in case Fernando, Charles, and Duane have not convinced you, what would Jesus say himself? If they had the opportunity to be there, they can be the voice, you know, for a lot of people like me. So I encourage anybody, you know, who has the opportunity to go there to do it. You know, it helps a lot for us and to represent, you know, all the roofing people. If they had the opportunity, you know, let's do it. As he said, if you have the opportunity, let's do it. We hope to see you this April at Roofing Day in Washington, D.C. For more information about Roofing Day, visit nrca.net slash roofingday. We could not produce this episode without the help from our sponsor, Densdeck. Go to densdeck.com slash stop callbacks to learn all about how Densdeck roof boards help protect against routine foot traffic, future installs, catastrophic weather events, and fire. If you found this episode valuable, share it with someone you know needs to hear it and give it a rating in whatever podcast platform you are listening. This episode was produced by Crystal Ribble and Alex Zwart for the National Roofing Contractors Association. I am your host, Crystal Ribble, and as always, be well, be safe, and be proud of this great industry. Music